So hello everybody and welcome to this week's In My Mug. This week we're off to Nicaragua for not only a Pacamara, but a Peabree. How exciting is this that we have not only a Pacamara, but a Peabree. This is not something that is super common in the coffee world. Um, and it's because of our amazing relationship with the producer that we're able to get this. So this for coffee comes from Nicaragua and it comes from the, what is now a world famous farm, uh, Limoncillo. Uh, Limoncillo is my longest standing Nicaraguan relationship um, and probably my favorite farm um, in Nicaragua. If you can have a favorite, it's like having a favorite child. So the Pacamara is a varietal that is a, a cross between a Pacas and a Maragajip. Maragajip coming from Brazil, Pacas coming from El Salvador. And this was initially found in, uh, in El Salvador, but it's now spread the world wide. Now, the Maragajip is very large, um, so it's a big size, um, and that means that the bean is uh, rather large. Um, and the Pacas is a uh, mutation of the Bourbon varietal, which we're all big fans of Bourbon. We know how much uh, we love them. Um, it is a washed coffee. So washed coffee um, has had the cherry removed, had the mucilage removed, and then put in the sun to dry. Um, and um, this coffee has a fairly unique profile, being that Peabree. So what is a Peabree? Inside the cherry, you have two seeds. The two seeds form uh, and push against each other and give the beans the flat edge and then you take it out and um, that's the coffee seed. Now sometimes the two pistols that fire to create the seed, one misfires. So you have one cherry form inside the one seed form inside the cherry and not the other. Because it doesn't have that hard harder surface to push up against and give it that bean shape, it tends to go in a little ball. Um, so it it's kind of goes round and tends to be smaller than your average bean because, you know, something's gone wrong in that process where the, the cherry has, has formed. Now this is a slightly bigger ball because it's a Pacamara, so you've got a slightly bigger one, which is kind of fun. Now this happens between five and 15% uh, of coffee cherries, depending on the varietal. Uh, but in Pacamara, we can safely say it's around about six, 7% um, of the harvest would form a, a Peabree. Uh, and because Pacamara harvests tend to not be not so big and not so uh, huge, then this one is definitely something that you need and is not something you would see all the time. So I'm gonna hand you to Virtual Steve, who's gonna be in a much less windy place. Um, who will take you through all of the farm details and stuff like that. And I'll be back in a few minutes to taste the coffee with you. Thanks, Steve. Now, this farm is really cool because we actually have four coffees from this farm. Um, and they're all on the website as well. And we have some normal Pacamaras and we have the Katura as well. So... Um, you should definitely go and try those out. But what Steve wants me to tell you is the history of how we came to work with Finca Limoncillo. So back in well, 2007 now, we've been tasting a lot of coffees from Nicaragua and it was a cup of excellence auction and there was a table full of coffees there. And one of them really jumped out as something that was special. And that was the Nicaraguan Limoncillo um, uh, Keturah. So we bought it in the auction 
and found out just a few hours later they actually knew the family um, for quite a while. And the family is headed up by Dr. Erwin Moresh, um, who uh, inherited the farm from his family and is a fourth generation coffee uh, farmer. And he's been in coffee as long as he can remember. When I chat with him, he always talks about that coffee's been his life. As much as he's a medical retired medical practitioner and a gynecologist, he um, has always been surrounded with coffee um, and it's always been his thing. Now, we've started to buy that coffee through an importer when after we bought that cup of excellence lot. But after a fallout with that importer, it meant that we had to kind of work more directly um, with the producer, um, which I think was only the second container we ever bought directly. But since then, we bought it every year and we continue to work really hard with the family. And there's a number of reasons why we really love and trust the family. The first thing is that they pay their staff 30% more than the minimum wage. Not because they have to, because they want to. They provide free housing for over 60 families within the farms. So uh, people that work on the farms are able to build and have somewhere to live there. Um, they provide free electricity um, and running water for all of the houses there, which sounds like a very basic commodity, but in somewhere like Nicaragua, which is the second poorest uh, economy in the Northern Hemisphere, it's quite a big thing. They provide free food for everybody who works on the farm. Um, so they go during the picking season, they will go up to the pickers and deliver them tortillas and, uh, and beans. So they've got uh, lunch to have there. Um, they provide uh, free daycare for all the families to use. So if they have children, they're able to drop the children off at the daycare if they want to. Um, they provide free health care um, for um, the people who live within the farms. And they employ a teacher on site that not only looks after the children's education, but helps with some more adult education. So, uh, and also like recreational things. So like, you know, um, woodwork or pottery or things like that. Um, this year we bought a total of nine coffees from Limoncillo. Um, that's as many as uh, I would could have bought even more. Um, and it made up for 21 coffees that we bought from the whole Moresh family, uh, which are 19 Nicaraguan and two Honduran. And um, I think this is, this is really amazing. So uh, I'm gonna hand you back to Steve now, who is going to do the tasting. Um, but do remember, we have the other coffees on the site that you can buy. Um, and also we've just added onto the uh, uh, website a, um, uh, a natural geisha, a Hawaiian geisha from Bolivia, uh, which will not be in my mug. It is a very special reserve um, just for um, people to buy from the website called Rarity. So you won't get it as part of your subscription. So I really recommend you to go and check out. I'm gonna put a link on the screen now for you. Thank you, Virtual Steve, for your pearls of wisdom as always. Let's get into the taste. So I'm gonna be using my classic old In My Mug logoed mug. No longer in use, so this will become a collector's edition. So let's get into it. So, for me, this is a kind of strange coffee because it has a little bit of a natural profile. There's some dark chocolate notes in there. There's a little bit of like dried fruit, I'm thinking sultanas. But then when it really comes through with its washed properties, think um, like biscuits, like digestive biscuit with a really creamy sweetness. And the best descriptor I've come up for it so far is like a, um, a, a, like a 
normal cheesecake. It's because he's got that lovely creamy mouthfeel and thickness and gloopiness and viscosity, um, along with that biscuit sweetness. But there's definitely that hint of dark chocolate and there's definitely that hint um, of a dried fruit in the background. I think this is a really unusual, unique coffee and I'm super, super pleased and proud to be sharing it with you. So I hope you're all keeping well. This is my last one in isolation. So I'm hoping that next week I might be able to go back in the studio and do one, which would be, a studio sounds a little bit grand, doesn't it? But back in a, a little bit of normal, uh, the normal world as I'm gonna be in the roastery next week. Um, but in the meantime, do remember, life is too short, but bad coffee.